a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Welcome back, Rebels and Imperials, to Force Ghost Coast to Coast. Brian here with Matt and Liz, and we are talking about the first four episodes of Ahsoka. So, um, the last time we had spoken, Liz, you caught up on Rebels in in time for Ahsoka, and thank God you did, (laughs) because (laughs) I don't know how anybody who didn't watch Rebels is understanding what's happening in this show. You know, that's a question I've been asking myself a good deal since I did just finish Rebels, and I'm torn. That's what the question I've been asking myself since the first episode. You know, can you enjoy this series without having seen Rebels or even Clone Wars? And I I feel that perhaps you can... Maybe we'll talk about this a bit more as we get further into this podcast this episode and I feel like the two of you might not agree with me on this but I I feel that you you can still perhaps enjoy the show there are still some mysteries to be unraveled but maybe not on the same level as people who have watched Rebels and Clone Wars um you know we've gotten to know these characters through those other shows um I I feel like there might be something for new viewers here um, you know, there are new tensions between these characters. Yes. Um, but, I, you know, I, it's a question I've been asking myself. And a friend of mine from work, she did not watch um, Rebels or Clone Wars. And she's been enjoying Ahsoka as well. Um, and there are some questions and mysteries that are developing that we don't have the answers to either as people that have right. watched mm-hmm. these two shows. So I... It's interesting. Um, yeah, it's a good question. Um, but you know, I do feel that we I do know these characters so well. And just after the end of this fourth episode, I think there's a lot more there for us um, as you know, watchers of Clone Wars and Rebels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because it's very interesting. I I am interested to talk to people that haven't seen rebels and are watching it because it it's very weird watching it because i'm like did i miss a whole season about thrawn in rebels like the role he fills in this series is greater than anyone other than the emperor and we just did not see that if if you read um six novels you can pick that up um so that part is interesting so it it fits in this weird it plays with characters that we know but also leans on importance that was not there if that makes any sense yes and so that that is something that i I actually do want to talk about because i think that we have to look at this show from like three different perspectives. On one hand, mm-hmm. this is the direct sequel to Rebels. Like they can call it what yes. they want. It's the direct sequel to Rebels. And although mm-hmm. we have seen Ahsoka in The Mandalorian and in the Book of Boba Fett, nothing Ahsoka does in that in those other appearances matters here at all. We we saw her confront um 
Oh, I, I meant to pull up the character's names. I I want to call her Morgan Le Fay every time, but that's a character <laughs> from mythology. That is not. So do I. Her. Right. Mm-hmm, Thank mm-hmm, you, Liz. It's, mm-hmm. it's Morgan Elsbeth. Morgan Elsbeth. We see her confront Morgan Elsbeth in um in the Mandalorian and say, "Where is Grand Admiral Thrawn?" But that was basically just a a teaser for this series, right? It's not actually. Mm-hmm. No story happens there. So on, on one hand, this is the direct sequel to Rebels. On the other hand, this is the nexus point of Grand Admiral Thrawn truly entering mainstream Star Wars. Like I, I would still consider Rebels somewhat of fringe Star Wars. Um, yeah, I mean, not it, it's 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 not as fringy as you know weird novels and uh, you know out of continuity comics or whatever. But it's still not exactly like mainline everybody who knows star wars knows this stuff right it doesn't mm-hmm. fall into those categories um and so it's it's also that and then the third thing it is is it's the continuation of the um john favreau live action verse like this this, this new subset of star yeah. wars shows and i think that the only way to really enjoy this series for me is you have to have at least a toe in each of those three areas. If you're only coming at it (laughs) from one, I think you're totally confused. If you're only coming at it from two, I think you have some idea, but I think you have to have at least knowledge of all three of those areas for for it to work for me. Now, Liz, I'm really interested to hear about your friend, who did not watch Rebels? Who is who is enjoying this? It, are they like constantly confused? I, as far as I know, no. We haven't talked about anything in depth. She just mentioned that she's enjoying the show, um, and you know, I, I mentioned that there are some questions in the show that you know I I don't know the answer to, having watched Rebels. Uh-huh. Um, and, and that's, 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 you know, as much as we've discussed. Interesting. Okay. Here's a question because there's a, there's a fourth pool of knowledge, Brian, that you didn't mention. Has your friend at school, um, has she watched the sequel trilogy? Because you almost watching this have to ignore that because what this show seems like it should be is that connecting point. And we may get there in, you know, six seasons in a movie or however long we're winding this out to. But it feels like, oh, this stuff is really exciting, except I know where it ends. And that sucks. So, well, so this middle part. Cool. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with with part of that, but I. I I think there is a fair amount of bridge building happening to the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think that I think that Thrawn is the red herring in that. I think Thrawn mm-hmm. has and again, this will all be proven out in due time. I think Thrawn has nothing to do with the first order. Mm-hmm. I think so the way the way that I am seeing the way this fits together and, and we're, we're kind of already talking in circles here. So my apologies, listeners, we dove right into this. Um, <laughs> I I sort of feel like. All right. So we saw in the Mandalorian. 
the last season, I believe it was, we saw like a, a vision of the Shadow Council where it was all those mm-hmm. holograms talking, right? And they mentioned Thrawn in there. And the way I see that is kind of like this is the these are the remnants of the Empire that are still around that are panicking. And I mm-hmm. feel like the panic is putting is allowing them to think that Thrawn is going to be the savior to all of their problems. And so mm-hmm. they, it almost reminds me of, and uh, again, we usually don't get too political on the show, but fuck it, I don't care. It almost reminds me of like Republicans rallying behind Donald Trump in 2016 and, and realizing mm-hmm. like our, our traditional pathway to victory is not working. Let's try something crazy. Because Thrawn is not, I mean, <sighs> Yes, Thrawn has allegiance to the Empire, but Thrawn's ideas about government and life are very different than the Empire's and also very different than the First Order's. So mm-hmm. the way that I kind of see this building a bridge to the uh, to the sequel trilogy is I think that this is showing that the sequel trilogy was a much more dogmatic fight than what we maybe thought. We get so Leia starts the resistance essentially because of the shit we see Hera go through here. Like, we see mm-hmm. Hera trying to get help for you know, for people, and the New Republic is like, fuck that noise, we don't do that, we don't help people, we're uh, we're bureaucrats, mm-hmm. and so she feels the need to go off and, and be and start the resistance because of that. I think that that part is more clear now than it ever was in the sequel trilogy. Like, the need for actually doing something and not just hiding behind protocol seems clearer than ever. And so I think that mm-hmm. like, I was always confused early on in the sequel trilogy as sort of the, what was the line of demarcation between the, 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 the Republic and the Resistance. And I feel like that has been answered now. I think what we're going to see is we're going to see Thrawn represent the last-ditch effort to rebuild the Empire, and when that fails, then the First Order takes hold. That that was going to be my question. Do we think the First Order is existing in the same timeline as the... the, No. My question is, does the Empire grow into the First Order, or is the First Order a splinter... And yes. the Empire still exists in its somewhat more now disorganized fashion in that same timeline. Because what, what I'm thinking is, for me, the retcon that they could do is rewrite the intros to the three sequel movies. <laughs> because that's the only idea that this fight is happening beyond three planets. The intros keep telling us the First Order has taken over the entire galaxy. How? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Um, But if this was a localized effort and they took over a sector and they, you know, conquered um, Felicity's home world, like, great. Like, they're getting a foothold and we stopped them. But because we had to crank everything up to 11 because somebody who took hold of the franchise loves doing that shit. (laughs) Everything just was blown so out of proportion 
that nothing else can really compare to a organization of space Nazis that can take over the galaxy in a matter of weeks, that can wipe out a solar system in a moment and has a fleet that's ready to simply blow up every planet that doesn't support them. And then we have a nuanced political organization where Thrawn balances the idea of uh, defending against external forces versus um, keeping stability internally. And, oh my God, Liz. So, Liz has read a lot of the Thrawn stuff. Um, One of Thrawn's key character points that I'm just realizing is the idea that the Empire needs to protect itself from external threats. It is not simply internal rule. It is defense. Do we think that his time in this other galaxy is going to accelerate that or maybe prove himself right? That would be an interesting, this new Thrawn we see. Yeah, I... I don't know. And the Thrawn in the books is a little different than Thrawn in the TV show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, he's a bit of a different character. Um, I still haven't read the last Thrawn book. Um, I've only read the two in the most recent trilogy. Um, in the most recent book, I, you know, it, it seems to be he's more concerned with his own people with the chiss but mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't i don't know if that's going to come i don't think that's going to come into play as much here yeah as in the novels i feel like in the show they'll probably keep him more as he has been perhaps in rebels um well, we, we yeah so i don't know and they talk about in the novels too how his people um have the ability the the young chiss have the ability to travel between different universes which i thought was interesting mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if that's going to come into play here either um, in this show. But, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a good question, Matt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't remember because I, it's been a couple of years since I've seen Rebels. How, how much th- Rebel, How much Thrawn do we really get in Rebels? There, there's not a lot, right? <sighs> no, we see yeah. him. We, we see him being the mastermind of um, – shoot, I forget the Twi'lek – um, Homeworld. Oh, but, but he he's able to put that rebellion down. So he, in a global like a world history sense, is able to put down the French um, resistance in World War Two. Mm-hmm. And then we see him um, take out the um, the fulcrum based Phoenix Squadron's um, set of. The rebel cell, because really he, even though they still exist now and we have our heroes, he does really break the strength of that cell, um, even though he gets whisked away to another galaxy. Yeah. Oh, and we get to see him shoot the Bendu in the head. That was... <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's also the part that's very frustrating is that in in the rebels, we see Thrawn be so anti-mysticism, anti-force anti all these things that now he's being saved by a sith witch a night sister please yeah sorry sorry night sister (laughs) um and you know i i didn't even know we even talked about the idea of a sort of bad jedi um the girl from dance moms and that um see a music video 
and then a <laughs> ghost. So I, it's a really weird grouping that's bringing Thrawn back for somebody who's so anti all those things. Well, so again, like the part of that that I will defend, and we have to talk about other stuff in a minute. Cause, but this is the stuff that I'm interested in too. <laughs> but like, we have to talk about other stuff in a minute. Um, the part that I will defend in that is I think that that, that everybody who wants to bring Thrawn back has put all their hopes in him being what they think he is, but I don't mm. think he's what they think he is. Mm. Like, I think that the Night Sisters and the... I don't know if we're calling Balin and Shin Sith. I think they're Dark Jedi versus Sith. I think there is a difference there, um, mm -hmm. but we can get to that in a minute. Like, I feel like those people see him differently than the Imperials who are trying to bring him back. Like, I, I don't think Moff Gideon when he was talking about Grand Admiral Thrawn, was thinking about him in the same way that they are. I think he's the Hail Mary pass for basically the entire dark side. But mm -hmm. I think that if we've learned anything about the dark side in Star Wars, it's that they don't care about the other members of the dark side, right? That's the whole purpose of the Sith is the rule of two. And at the yeah. heart of the rule of two is this idea that you're going to eventually turn on the other person. That is that is mm -hmm. sort of how they're built. And so I just think that Thrawn is going to bring more chaos than order, which is so totally against what Thrawn is all about, which I think is actually very interesting. Um, but we'll see about all of that. Um, the first thing I want to talk about after that very long digression is I want <clears> to talk about the casting with you guys. So when we saw Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka in other things, we got very short glimpses of her in there. One of the critiques that I have read of her performance is that people feel that she is too measured, that she is not showing the emotion that we saw from her in other roles. I want to start with that. Do you, not not her, we've seen from Ahsoka in other shows, like basically that her animated counterpart is much more emotive and expressive than Rosario Dawson has been. Has that been an issue for either of your enjoyments thus far? I mean, we're comparing it against a a, a child, essentially. Um, In Clone Wars, I don't, for sure, yes. Yeah, but I don't really see it as that different than in Rebels. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but, yeah, the... I, I will spoil for the the listeners. I, you and I did have a conversation about about this um, uh, already, but it it's very hard for me in general to place my feelings with the recasting. So I it it's like watching your favorite TV show, but they've recast all the actors as other people. Which actually, wait, is what happened. Never mind. It's exactly <laughs> what they did. Um, I don't I don't take any specific umbrage with Ahsoka. Um I do think that um Sabine and Hera are farther from where I would assume they'd be. Uh but yeah, I I don't I don't I don't think she stands out. I think the whole thing is tough because it's a complete recasting. But we're pretending that it is, you know, the exact same. Well, it's it's weird because I, I want to get Liz one second. I just want to say it's a it's a recasting, but.
but it's not a reboot, right? Yeah. Where it's it, it's yeah, the it, same it's, story. it's changing out the sister in Roseanne. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Go ahead, Liz. Oh yeah, so I I like um, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, and I I think along the same lines as Matt. Again, you know, it's supposed to be the same person, but it is in essence someone different. And I I think just her, you know, Rosario Dawson's voice is so different from Ashley Eckstein's, um, which does make things a little different. And I mean, it does make sense for Ahsoka to be a different person at this point in time in her life, based on the things Mm -hmm. she has gone through. She, she is older and based on all the things, you know, she has gone through, um, you know, losing, um, um, Anakin the way she has, um, and, you know, I guess all the other people as well. Um, it makes, you know, it makes sense. Um, I, I think the fact that she has changed, but, you know, it is Mm -hmm. also just a different person. Um, and I think we all do realize that. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny because, um, I have a friend who is a big uh, Rebels guy, and he says that Sabine is the characterization that he's having the hardest time with thus far. I am having a hard, the hardest time with Hera thus far, and others are having a hard time with Ahsoka. So I think what we're learning here is that all of us have our headcanon of how people should be, and we are finding it mm-hmm. hard to... Uh, to, to balance that for me and I, I i love mary elizabeth winstead like i think she's fantastic mm-hmm. at everything i've ever seen her in i just feel like everything she does a- a- everything brian that i've seen her in what yeah. else what have i seen her in this bad abraham lincoln vampire hunter i've never seen that <laughs> oh okay uh, it was like as mary todd lincoln maybe not the greatest <laughs> okay fair um but like i'm, I'm specifically thinking of scott pilgrim versus the world She's fantastic yeah, in that. Yeah. Uh, she's fantastic in um, the Birds of Prey movie, which was really, really good, mm-hmm. and no one ever talks about. Um, but yeah, I, I think she's. I think she's. She's generally excellent uh, as an actress. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Agreed. But I think that everything she does has this bit of detachment to it. Like she's a very cool character. Mm-hmm. I don't mean cool like Fonzie smoking cigarettes. Cool. I mean like not super emotional very there's a there's a bit of a detachment to every every character she plays and i don't think of hera as a detached character but i think we've seen here she's she is a less fiery version of the character we spent four seasons with in rebels and so to me that mm-hmm. is that is the the bit of casting that's giving me the most pause um matt you mentioned sabine being difficult for you correct Mm-hmm. Correct. Why? Well, and part of it, too, it's hard because we haven't seen the lead up to Sabine, you know, failing as a Padawan, things like that. But she was always the, you know, she, at the end of Rebels, we saw her finding her confidence, finding her place in the world and doing something we've never seen anyone in Star Wars be able to do is to step aside and let someone else take the spotlight. Yes. Um, and those are all really great moments in her character. And now she's just 
sad because she couldn't be a Jedi. And we even see her at times forsaking the Mandalorian side of herself in pursuit of the Jedi side, which is interesting because it was through her eyes that we really understood the ancient warrior culture of the Mandalorians in a way that we haven't been able to capture in the Mandalorian show itself. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just a weird... Uh, we, we we ended at one point and we're at a different and we didn't see the middle yes. and maybe we'll fill this in as we go along. But then again, maybe not because it's Star Wars and who knows. So the Sabine thing reminds me a lot of Luke in The Last Jedi where mm-hmm. everybody thought we were going to be getting the return of swashbuckling Luke Skywalker. And the story was very different than that. The Mm -hmm. difference is, to me, when you're watching The Last Jedi, you may be bummed out initially at the characterization of Luke, but two and a half hours later when the movie's over, you see the redemption of Luke Skywalker and you understand the character's arc. Because this Mm -hmm. is being metered out in 40-minute increments every week we are sitting with Sabine's failure in a way that we didn't have to sit with Luke's failure. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's harder to watch week to week, but I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of this, and I don't know if this means this season or the, the first bit of star Wars television that ends with a Dave Filoni directed film. I think at the end of that, Sabine might be the most important and most uh, and sort of most celebrated character, but because of where we are in the story, it's very very hard to see that. I will say the name of this show is Soka, but so far the character I'm most interested in in this series is Sabine. Yes, mm-hmm. I think yeah. she has the most interesting story so far. And that and we did see her so far too. Yeah. I was gonna say we are seeing her falter a bit. She her helmet did turn red in the intro. That's true. Yes, um, because for those that don't know, whenever they show the helmets at the beginning of the Star Wars shows, blue are good guys, red are bad guys, and hers went from blue to red. Yeah. Um, but I also don't think she's. <laughs> I don't think she's turning to the dark side like permanently or anything. But maybe no. I don't know. No, I don't think so. Um. But yeah, so. The first three episodes, to me, there there was there was good stuff there, but those episodes felt like they were all setting the stage for episode four. Episode mm-hmm. four was the first one that, to me, felt bombastic and huge in the way that I think Rebels often felt. Like that is when people ask me the difference between Clone Wars and Rebels. I say you got to ignore the first season of both because the first season of both is when they're trying to figure out what shows they are. But to me, the mm-hmm. difference between Rebels and the Clone Wars is once Rebels figures out what it is, it is such a bigger show than the Clone Wars was. Would you yeah. agree with that assessment, both of you? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I would. I yeah. would. Mm-hmm. You know, and so this is the episode that even though it had probably the least to do with the history of rebels this felt the most rebels like to me because of the scope of it 
Um, and there's a couple of things I want to specifically discuss. First of all, and, and you know, I have the benefit of writing about this show, so I I I synthesize a lot of my opinions uh, before we get to talk in a way that isn't just like me alone with my thoughts. I am you know I'm working this stuff through, but I felt that this episode had so many parallels to past Star Wars films. Hmm. Um, so uh, in my review of what I was talking about, there, there's a clip that people talk about all the time. I, I bring it up at least once a week, I feel like, which is George Lucas on the set of um, episode one talking about how Star Wars rhymes, right? Mm-hmm. And I felt like this episode had so many rhyming moments. For instance, in The Force Awakens, we see Kylo Ren who is a still relatively new to the dark side Sith fighting both Rey and Finn, who are much less skilled than he is. They're fighting in the woods with a red and a green lightsaber. Like, it is exactly the scene mm-hmm. we get in this episode with uh, when um, Sabine is fighting Shin. Uh, mm-hmm. We also get... This whole idea of um, in the Last Jedi of Rey being a nobody, right? That is, of course, undone by somehow Palpatine returned and uh, <laughs> her whatever. But like Kylo Ren tells her she's a nobody, and Sabine's story of being like the least force sensitive person that has ever tried to train to be a Jedi is, in some ways, like an e- an echo of you don't have to be special in Star Wars to be important, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. We also get the you know. In Revenge of the Sith, we see um, Anakin choose his family over the light side. And that's exactly what Sabine does. She chooses Ezra, who she considers her family, over the light side of the Force. Mm-hmm. Um, we see in The Return of the Jedi, and I didn't write this one, I thought this one later. We see in Return of the Jedi, Luke accompany Vader to the Emperor to save Vader. And Sabine is accompanying Balin to Thrawn to save Ezra. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of parallels mm-hmm. here to me between mm-hmm. other Star Wars, and I love that stuff. I like when those yeah. parallels happen. Um, what did you guys think generally of the amount of like Star Wars that we got in this episode? Did you see it, or am I, or am I just, uh, am I just smoking crack over here? <laughs> no, no, no. I definitely, I definitely see it, and um. Yeah, I I I didn't put together the nobody piece um, with Sabine. I saw mm-hmm. it more with Balin. That too, yeah. Because um, he, we learn that he is just somebody who was caught up in everything that happened. Um, he was a Jedi, though we believe, so, right? And uh, that he, yes, he has turned. I yeah. don't know. He may have been a youngling. It may be a. Situation like um I don't remember her name um from Obi Wan yeah. Obi Wan the third sister third sister um but yeah he he was in the temple he was at least a youngling um when Ahsoka and Anakin were active as Jedi so but yeah and it had that very good um that scene from Mad Men um. Uh, <laughs> Where like I feel bad for you. It's like, oh, I don't think about you at all. Exactly. Very yes. much had that vibe to it. So Yeah, it did. That's where I was seeing that parallel with the um even nobodies in Star Wars can matter. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is something we we don't see much of. 
and no. hopefully they don't erase this and he's actually you know anakin's brother right exactly <laughs> yeah yeah no i love when things like this happen you know when things rhyme when there are parallels i mean you know i whether looking for it in literature or TV or movies or Star Wars. And I always think about um, Battlestar Galactica. Um, mm-hmm. You know, all of this has happened before and all of this will happen again. Just that mm-hmm. idea of, you know, these things repeating over and over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but so I want to talk about Balin and Sith versus Dark Jedi. So did you guys notice that his apprentice, Shin, has a little rat tail? Yes. She has an Anakin oh, rat tail. Oh, I did tail. not. Yes. Yep. Um, and it seems to me like he is, is I mean, just the fact that he's working with with the Night Sister shows that he is not your traditional Sith, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really get the impression that he is somebody who sees the dark side of the Force as you know, equal to the light side, but doesn't see himself as a Sith necessarily. Like he talks about losing faith and all of Mm -hmm. that. And I I understand that, but I think that, I don't know. I just, I don't get Sith vibes from him. Am I making this too complicated? No, 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 he, I don't, I, I don't think he's a Sith. Um, And also because kind of they've um, alluded to that in interviews um, is he does not have a red lightsaber. He does not do Sithy things. And um, he seems to have compassion, yes. um, which is the same thing that makes Thrawn so dangerous right. um, as well. So I wonder, I don't, I wonder what he would call himself if he would call himself anything. Cause he does, they do say that they are not Jedi. Um, right. But then again, I, I don't think Ahsoka calls herself a Jedi no, yet she has a Padawan. Yeah, I think that they are they are really interesting parallels. Liz, what do you think of this stuff? Yeah, no, I, I don't think he considers himself a Sith. It seems that he, Balin does what he wants to do, what he thinks is right from his own, I don't know, for lack of a better word, moral standpoint. Um, and I, I feel like Ray Stevenson is doing just such a great job with this character. Yeah, it's it's I, such a shame I, that he is, that he died before I know. this came out because he's getting such great reviews. Oh my god! I know. Oh, no. oh you didn't know he's that, Matt? A... No. Oh yeah, uh, he, he died like six months ago. Not even. Oh. Yeah, yeah. and I, I feel like it's just like he has such like just even though he's playing a character that I you know we would call I guess villainous here. He I feel like he just brings such like almost a warmth to a character. Um, I loved him in Rome mm-hmm. also, um, where you just feel like he, I don't know, he's just doing what he thinks is right. He's not just a straight up, you know, villain, um, mm-hmm. not evil. Um, yeah. And now that you bring that up, too, is that those interesting parallels, you know, he's not necessarily a Sith. Ahsoka is not necessarily mm-hmm. a Jedi, um, you know, so well, and, yeah. dealing with, you know, these individuals who are sort of motivated by, I, I don't know, uh, I don't. I don't think altruism is really the right word, but no. I, what they think <laughs> is what they think is right. I don't know. Yeah, but we're also dealing with one of the other few characters in the series that embraces both the light and the dark side of the Force um, for good, which is Ezra. We mm-hmm. see Ezra do far more with the dark side than we've ever seen Anakin do before. You know 
being turned into a chicken nugget. Um, <laughs> he Ezra is able to walk both sides of it and not lose himself. I wonder how that is now manifested, you know, 20 years later or however long it is. But um, how long has it been? Do we know that? From, we can we can fig, we can math that out right from Ezra's disappearance. Yeah. So that season of Rebels takes place. Is it the year before the A New Hope? Maybe. Hang on. I'm literally googling Star Wars because also one of those things that like Nat like. Now, in this live-action series, they make it seem like the Battle of Lothal was a huge monumental battle. Right. Even though it didn't touch anything up until now. Okay, so it looks like Rebels takes place, the last season takes place in the same year as A New Hope takes place. Um, okay. And so this takes place... Nine years after the Battle of Yavin 4, so nine years later. Oh, that's much quicker than I thought. I'm sorry, 11 years later. 11 years later. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's still a good chunk of time. It is. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. I, I, um, I think it's going to be incredibly interesting to see how these different characters fit together in terms of how Thrawn is like how, how, how Thrawn is is going to be the savior for for the dark side. I think it's gonna be very interesting to see if we're gonna get like we've already seen Zeb in uh in the Mandalorian, right? So are we gonna see mm -hmm. some of the other rebels show up in the next few weeks? Are we going to see <laughs> <laughs> what? Who's the, the the pirate guy? What's it, Hanzo? Oh, Han oh yeah, Hanzo. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Hanzo's in um Disney World, isn't he? Don't know. I did not see him. Liz? I don't know. I I I, I want to say Hanzo's part of one of the rides in Disney World, but don't uh -huh. quote me on that. So, <laughs> Interesting. okay. Um, yeah. I, I now I, I've yeah. been saving this this thing, but I, if there's any if there's any other big things you guys want to talk about before we get into the the next thing I want to talk about, go for it now because this is gonna take a while. <laughs> oh, thanks. No. Um. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Yep. I don't really want to talk about Merrick, so let's go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, people thought Merrick was gonna be someone very interesting. Not so much. Um, it's an interesting yeah. idea. Like the the, <laughs> the idea of someone being kept alive yeah. through Night Sister energy, all that. That's very cool and interesting. People thought yeah. it was going to be Ezra or someone else. Yeah. Uh, I think the fact it really undercut what is a pretty cool character, like the final Inquisitor kept long beyond his lifespan, but not just like a fart in the wind because it's not <laughs> Ezra. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but so. Uh, I want to talk about the world between worlds and Anakin. Mm. So the fourth episode, okay, the fourth episode ends with Ahsoka being pulled into the world between worlds and encountering what appears to be Anakin. Now, this mm -hmm. is where there are so many theories there. Some people say 
that that is not Anakin's Force ghost. That that is Anakin from the Clone Wars pulled into the World Between Worlds himself. That she is meeting 13 years before Anakin. Uh, hmm. I mean, it, so it's possible. Yes. Um, because the world between world works on a, if anyone's seen good place, a very like Jeremy Baramy, um, timetable, um, where everything happens kind of alongside things, but not really. Um, so it could be, I don't, I don't know how that works mechanically unless at the end of this she tosses him back into um a lava pit at the end <laughs> well so, so go ahead liz sorry no i'm just trying to think of what like, the final outcome of their interaction should be like what would make the most sense in terms of which anakin we're getting right so here is the here is again i've seen this theory tossed around a couple of times now one of the theories that okay. I've seen is this idea of that this is old, that this is young Anakin, and that because she understands, so when she is in the world between worlds with Ezra, she sees Kanan die, and Ezra wants to pull him out, and she says like, "You can't do that. That will mm -hmm. fuck everything up. Don't do that." So she understands if, if this is older Ahsoka meeting younger Anakin, she knows that she can't tell him, like, don't become Darth Vader. Because because that would fuck everything up. But I don't yes. understand but I don't understand from a storytelling perspective what conversation they can have of note that isn't just a warm hug. Yeah. That would mean that, anything yeah. if it's if but, it's younger Anakin. But also, if Anakin knows about the world between worlds, that would change everything moving forward because we see that the Emperor is keenly interested yes. in using the world between worlds. Right. So I don't think that piece of knowledge really just floats by. I have a very crazy theory, so I want to hear the other theories first, and then I'll toss in my crazy hat. Oh, So, so, so yeah. that, that was one theory I heard. One theory I heard is that it's obviously Anakin's Force ghost and that the World Between Worlds is sort of a way station for the Force. And so it's 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 a place where it's easier to meet a, a Force ghost than it is um, elsewhere. Uh, that is mm -hmm. backed up, by the way. Uh, it just came out. The There's a, a, a – remember we read those two books from a certain point of view that were about stories sort of ancillary to the first two films? <sighs> Yes. Yeah, I was wondering when you were going to mention to us that the third one came out when you have to read it. <laughs> I'm not saying you have to read it. I, I know Matt in particular did not like that uh, that experience very much. But there is a story in there, and I, hat, hat, um, hat tip to our, our friend, uh, former guest of the show, Ryan Airy from Screen Crush. He pointed this out. There's a story in there about the moment when Anakin dies and basically how he becomes a Force ghost. Okay. There was a story about that in there, um, yeah. and uh, it doesn't really get into like the specifics of things. I mean, it does a little bit. I've I've read the story already. It's interesting, um, but it is it's the type of it, it. It makes it sound like the world between worlds could definitely be a place where like the ghosts of Jedi go. 
even if they're not force ghosts. Like this is this is what when a Jedi dies, they wind up in the world between worlds. Or at least they mm-hmm. can access the world between worlds, right? So um so there's some theories that this is like a pre last scene in Return of the Jedi Anakin. Where he is dead, but he is not yet a force ghost. He is mm-hmm. in this way station between between the two sort of realms. There's the thought that he's a force ghost. There's there's, there's all these different theories. Uh, Matt, I can't wait to hear what yeah. your wild theory is, though. I don't think it's Anakin at all. Okay. I think it is. Um, I'm trying to either whether you want to believe it's the bird or if it's the Force sister. I forget what her name is from. The um, it was just the mother, right? Wasn't it mother, the, father, and son? No, it was uh, father, brother, brother sister. Brother. Oh, father, brother, sorry, sister. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sister. yeah. The um, she she was the Griffin. He was the dragon. Yes. Um, in the craziest of Star Wars realms, I believe it might be that entity who may exist within the world between worlds. And I wonder how many times Ahsoka has died. And made her way back into there. Is this a recurring theme? And that's why the joke is he didn't expect to see her so soon. Well, do you watch a show with subtitles? I do not. No. The first thing, you barely hear it when she enters there. Mm-hmm. Anakin says, hey, Snips. Oh, and, I did hear that, yes. Okay, but I feel like... a. The, the I feel like somebody who wasn't actually Anakin wouldn't use that phrase. Yeah. I I also mm-hmm. feel like it it's got to be Anakin in some way because Dave Filoni would want it to be Anakin in some way. <laughs> well, have mm-hmm. either of you seen Contact, the Jodie Foster movie? Yes. One of my favorite films. I, like, yeah, oh. I love that. I love that movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Movie night with the three of us. I'll make popcorn. <laughs> Um, you got it. So, uh, okay, shit, I can't even talk about it now. <laughs> but Liz, you know, at the end of Contact, when Jodie Foster um, makes contact, yes, <laughs> and how she thinks she's making contact with the one thing, but it's not that thing. Uh huh. But it's just it's presenting itself in a familiar form to make it easier for her. Mm-hmm. That was one of my thoughts too. Like, mm-hmm. is this the Force talking to her? Ah, interesting. But, but, but the Force is this giant thing that can't necessarily present itself, and so it presents itself in a form that it recognized that 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 she would okay. recognize. Ah. I, and I think that fits really well because again, we keep seeing the bird. That's yep, the owl. I, yeah, yeah, is definitely a, a Force entity. Um, so I, I, I. I think that is maybe the most feasible part of it, but I don't, I don't know. And I also don't remember. Oh, okay. So in the, one of the randomest books, it's the like fold out pop up children's book. Um, that is like, um, Luke Skywalker's journal from being on in exile. Okay. It taught it has little bios of all these Jedi because he has spent the past decades communing with Qui-Gon Jinn. Right. Obi-Wan. Other Jedi who he never met in person. But he has these relationships with 
as he has, you know, tea time with ghosts. Right. right. I don't remember if we if he talks about seeing his father or not. So Mm. I wonder if maybe Anakin doesn't exist in that same world of force ghosts, if he is someplace different or if they can pop it back and forth and who knows. I feel like the reason they didn't talk about him meeting his father is because that will be a something one day. Like that will mm. be a uh, a book or a or a TV series or something one day. Like that's too big okay. of a moment. You know, gotcha. even just like in in the Book of Boba Fett episode that Ahsoka and Luke are in, Ahsoka says to him, "You remind me so much of your father," and I feel like mm-hmm. people went nuts when she said that because. I think we kind of forget that she knew his father quite well, right? Like it's, it's just, you mm-hmm. don't, you don't, you don't realize yeah, I, that, that yeah. connection is there. And so I feel like there's going to be, there's going to be more to that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why, but I just, I get that feeling. Thrawn also knew Anakin. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Thrawn respected Anakin, I believe. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And, yeah. And Thrawn works with Vader in one of the books. Yes, in the same book. Yeah, he worked with both of them. Mm-hmm. But like different time periods. So yeah, switch back yeah. and forth, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it, again, I think there's just so many interesting things that could be pulled from this World Between Worlds thing. Um, do you want to say more about that, Matt, or no? No. Oh, so I'm interested to see what that entails. Yes, absolutely. But then again, they really hyped up the book of Boba Fett. They did. Um, so. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, this this fifth episode is going to be in movie theaters. I feel like something huge has to happen in this episode. But I want to speculate for – maybe we can wrap up with this. I want to speculate as to sort of what we think – what we think that could be because on one hand i think seeing anakin is kind of the craziest thing we could expect in the world between worlds like what's bigger than that yeah well yeah sorry go liz and I'll... go ahead matt no, i was gonna say it's the same thing that i've been wrestling with um we kind of talked about a similar question before but I don't understand who this series is for it again, because of the recasting and reconfiguring of a lot of rebels stuff as a big rebels fan, it feels if not, uh, not necessarily a letdown, but we keep talking about it as, you know, season six of rebels. I would have rather just seen season six of rebels with the characters that I loved playing the characters that they play. Um, But, and it also has that weird smack of cartoons don't count. Um, It's especially offensive now that um, visions is the best stuff that they produce. So I mean, mean, but does, isn't this series in some way a a refutation to that idea? Like, no, I, I think it's for me, it feels the opposite. It feels like, oh, these things only matter now because we're putting them in live action. See, that that's see, that's for me what it feels like. See, so on, on one hand, I, I, I can understand that viewpoint. I just think that there's something about the way that 
I don't know. I feel like this is Dave Filoni reclaiming all that stuff and mm-hmm. saying, like, for a long time, people siloed the animated stuff by itself. You can no longer do that because of this show. But we yeah, uh, I... but we already did that by having Zeb in and Hera, uh, Zeb in Mandalorian and Hera in Rogue One. Um, like if if we if we had come out with a new animated series that dovetails into the current storyline of Mandalorian, that would have been for me solidifying that all these aspects of Star Wars count. And when you're really trying to do that, because you're pushing out narratives in children's book, comic book, cartoon, and movie at the same and time, novels. and novels. Yeah, it. I don't know. Well, so, so that—that's that's where I'm feeling with it, at least. Liz, what do you I, think, I think about that? I mean, I think now. I mean, you know, there are people watching. I know people that are watching this show that never watched Rebels and are now mm-hmm. enjoying the story and you know these characters, and you know maybe they missed out um, yeah. on the animated um shows and that's a loss for them um but i you know i think it shows that those stories were good and we can create these other stories based on what happened in rebels and it's unfortunate that some people you know didn't watch and i didn't up until uh recently <laughs> so matt this is sort of the- that's where i, th- I oh, sorry that's right that, that that's where i think the these are more for new viewers than i think we as people who watch Rebels thought they were going to be, which is what's confusing to me because I, I imagine the big thing in episode five is the introduction of Thrawn, which who is that going to matter to? Okay, so here is my re- here is my rebuttal to that. I feel like if Dave Filoni came out at at Star Wars Expo, what do they call it, Star Wars Celebration, and said. Mm-hmm. Like, season five of Rebels is going to come out, and it takes place concurrently with the events of The Mandalorian. People like the three of us would high-five and think that's awesome, and the people who don't watch the animated stuff would continue to not watch the animated stuff. Mm -hmm. This is the way... This is the way, using a Mandalorian (laughs) phrase. uh, (laughs) This is the way to bring those people in, because... If Ahsoka is is effective, and, and that's a sep- it's a separate question of whether it's being effective or not. But if Ahsoka is effective, what that does is that gives those people who didn't watch the animated stuff a reason to watch it. That isn't just dorks like us saying it's really good. I promise you. Like <laughs> now, you want to know more about Sabine and Hera and Ezra and Kanan. Like I think that all of that is really important. What I think is going to happen in the next episode, and I have not spoken this out loud to anybody yet. Oh, I think we're going to get Freddie Prince Jr. as Kanan in the World Between Worlds. Oh, Freddie Prince Jr. Has he been confirmed in it? Because no, he hasn't. Someone else has. Uh, oh, it was, it was Sam Winston. Oh, as as Maul, right? Yeah, well, we don't know who he's going to be, but right. Sam Winston is in in this. Yeah, and again, I would I I would love Freddie Prince to be in it as Kanan, but then again, I would have also loved Tia Sakar in it as Sabine. 
I would have rather Ashley Eckstein. So. I, I understand all of that. Like the, all of that makes sense to me. I just yeah, think, I would like, have liked Ashley Eckstein as well. Correct. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. I, I just think that for Freddie Prinze is the only name in that cast that means anything to anybody. And it shouldn't because he's just, you know, he's kind of a paper doll in every movie he's in. He's not exactly uh, Marlon Brando or anything. Yeah. Um, well, I think he, he's mostly just uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar's husband at this point. Exactly, yes. That is correct. Um, was he well, Fred in the Scooby-Doo movies? I think he was Fred, right? Yeah. 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 The main. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he was helping out his wife. Exactly. <laughs> well, and I mean, I, I feel like the last season of Rebels ended with the, you know, disappearance of Ezra and Thrawn. And we were interested to see where Thrawn was, which I think as a Rebels watcher makes me excited to see when Thrawn is going to show up again now, um, mm-hmm. you know, in this season of Ahsoka. Um, if he does, I which I, I think makes me excited for this show too. Maybe not everyone. I don't know. Um, I am curious. I, I, I'm curious to see. I, I feel like in this next episode, I kind of hope we get a back and forth between world between worlds and wherever um, Sabine is with Balin mm-hmm. um, and Morgan Ellsbeth. Um, that's kind of yeah. what I'm hoping for in this episode. I assume also the episode is going to be a little bit longer since they're showing it in theaters. I would imagine so, but I don't. I don't know. I mean, um, huh? That's a good question. Because I mean, yeah, I feel like the, the first been... one was long, and the la- other ones have been getting shorter again. Yes. Yeah, because like they've been like maybe thirty something minutes, but that's with like you know four minutes of credits. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, the other thing I, I could see happening here is so, and I, I don't want this to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm prefacing this with, I don't want this to happen. I don't want all of these shows to become interchangeable, but because mm-hmm. the new Republic is not going to help. Do you think they reach out to Grogu and Din Djarin? I mean, his buddy is already in it. Which buddy? Oh, um, the, oh, um uh, the, the 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 rebel pilot whose name I can never remember. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. he's in it. Yeah, oh. ba- ba- baby face, uh, rebel man. <laughs> baby face, yeah. rebel man. <laughs> <laughs> That's his. Yeah, no. <laughs> he does. Yes, like the smoothest, babyest face for somebody who has gray hair and is bald. I was say but... with a gray beard and a baby face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I so I would assume we're gonna see them in it. Um. Yeah, I don't. I, and I, you know what the the Canaan thing does make sense because why else are we keep shoving this creepy ass kid in these shots? Because <laughs> oh, Jason, man, yeah, yeah. I did yeah. like that they gave him the. I've got a bad feeling about this line. I did appreciate yes. that. <laughs> you know, keeping it in the Star Wars family there. Yep, yep. yep. And then, and now you um it's great because there are infinite Reddit thread threads popping back up that was a question when Rebels ended. Be like, wait, when did they bone? Had they been boning the whole time? Yes. Was this a recent time. bone? No, they were <laughs> like... the whole time. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Matt, you're 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 a yeah. grown man. You should know what's happening here. You know, <laughs> I don't need to so, shield you okay. from this. <laughs> no, I listen. I 
in the before the child was introduced, man, we're really running in the weird territories. Before the child was introduced, I always thought that like there were feelings there, but it wasn't until they kissed um, on Lothal that they admitted them. But I think what it was was they had had a very um, active physical relationship yes. for years, and they only admitted to each other that they truly had feelings at that moment. I can well, see she that. She was like, I love your new haircut. I can't resist it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 You're real hot with no eyes and a haircut you did while blind. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, or is it going to be revealed that much like Anakin, he was just a, uh, a creation of the force? Oh no! Oh no! Oh man! Did she get pr- when he pushed them away in the yep. ship? Did... <laughs> yep. He sent more than just the force that way. <laughs> okay, you know what? Here's a good moment to act because I was thinking about this yesterday. Okay, why do we as a Star Wars franchise continue to not question the idea of Anakin being Jesus, baby? Just right. yeah. Why do we have to just ignore that? Why can we answer every other question except that? Well, there there are there are fan theories that he is the son of Palpatine. The Palpatine boned down with Shmi, and she doesn't remember it. Mm. That he basically, oh man, her, which is fucked Correct. up in man. so many ways. I mean, so then that, how are it, that, he, he's not he's not the last character canonically in this storyline to rape his mom. <laughs> so. <laughs> No, 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 no. Oh, so his, oh, his, okay. Woo! You mean Anakin's no, 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 no. mom, okay. not his own mother. Yes. Okay, to, sorry. To <laughs> me. Okay. Yeah, it took me a minute. No. Sh- Shmi literally, like, justice for Shmi. Yes. She agreed. had the worst of everything in this series. Yep. She had her child stolen by a old wizard. Um, <laughs> He was then mutilated by his best friend. Um, she was kidnapped and raped to death by sand people. Like it's really poor woman. Yeah, she had she had to, she had to work for that Jewish stereotype Watto. <laughs> you know? Oh God! <laughs> yeah, and you, and you know after uh, Anakin left, those annoying kids still probably hung around with her. Oh, absolutely. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Is Annie back yet? No. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> He's gone forever. <laughs> uh, where have we Man. gone wrong, friends? Where yeah. have we gone wrong? Yeah, yeah. Well, then she gets to die knowing. He's like, "Don't worry, mom. I'm boning that full-grown woman you met." <laughs> it's like, what? I leveled up, mom. I leveled up. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> what a what a world Star Wars is, huh? <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um. All right. Well, so um, any any final thoughts on the first four episodes? I feel like we barely talked about the show somehow. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, I think uh, it was a long setup. It took a long time to figure out what the hell was going on. They could have really explained the space whale map thing earlier and made those two episodes like one episode and then just moved forward but 
listen i i'm not the, i'm not a i'm not a writer i can't I, I don't think that. it's I, I mean I I think you're 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 correct about the pacing being a little bit slow to start off but I also think that maybe that was deliberate in two ways one being if there are people who haven't seen those other shows you're sort of baby baby stepping them into these characters uh, mm-hmm. and so you want to give them more time with Ahsoka just kind of hanging out and Sabine for that matter yeah um, yeah, but... and I think I think a really good um, scene for that was the the training scene. That was yes. that was great. Yes, I really was. really enjoyed that. I didn't like how they immediately then had dinner on that floor before anyone mopped up. Yes, but no, that is if anyone wants to know what our group chat looks like, <laughs> it is Matt being disgusted by the multi-use room in, a, in Ahsoka's ship, just flat out disgusted by it. Oh. But I think that that was a great scene. It was very telling of a lot of different angles. Like I, I could see where having some of that is good. I don't know if we need three episodes. Maybe two episodes would have gotten us there. I would say that the third episode <clears throat> is a very important. I mean that that that's the whole space battle one. That's the one where mm-hmm. she goes all Pokloon and uh, goes on the ship with her lightsaber like outside in space, which we had seen in the Clone Wars. Oh yeah, before. that's fair. Yeah. Um, I think that episode is probably the first one that really felt not decompressed for me, but that mm-hmm. those first two did feel a bit decompressed. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm excited to see what episode five brings. Um, you know, we're halfway done with the season now. And, yeah. uh What? Yeah, it's eight episodes. <laughs> oh my god! My fear, and I, I, I want this on record. My fear is that this season's going to end with us seeing Thrawn and Ezra and we don't actually do anything with them. Oh. Yeah, it's going to be that one over the shoulder shot of Thrawn from the, the trailer. We, exactly, yes. Um and so yeah. I think you know, I hope that's not the case because I want more of this. But I also want to and I guess we said we were leaving, but I got one more question for you guys. So we we don't know when that Dave Filoni film was supposed to happen. We are now in a writers and actors strike where everything is being pushed back. I know we were supposed to get a fourth season of The Mandalorian before that. I know we are getting uh, Skeleton Crew, which the rumor is is being moved to next year because mm-hmm. they're just trying to more slowly roll out the stuff they already mm-hmm. have done if this strike keeps going on, which I just want to say we are in support of workers. At least I am. I don't know how you guys mm-hmm. feel. I don't know if you guys are, are pro yes. producers. I, I wouldn't imagine what? so. What? Um, but, uh, like, you know, so take as long as you need, Strikers. This is important. Um, yeah. We, can, we have plenty of other Star Wars to talk about. But, you know, all of this is going to change a lot of the sort of the way things are rolled out. So I don't know if we're going to see, like, are we, are, are there, is there going to be an Ahsoka season two? And a book of Boba Fett season two, and a Skeleton Crew season two, and a Mandalorian season four, five, and six before the movie. I don't, I, I don't know how much time we're gonna spend. Like, is I don't know if this is gonna be the cliffhanger before the movie, or if there's other mm-hmm. stuff in, be, before then, and that will change how yeah. much Thrawn we're gonna get here. I think. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't we know. will see. 
Yeah, we will. Or maybe Thrawn pops up in the next episode and we're all wrong. Just like with the Ezra thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Um, Well, uh, as always, folks, thank you for listening. We'll be back. I don't know if we're going to do one of these in two weeks or wait till the end of the series. We'll see sort of how the next episodes go before we decide what we're going to do next. But uh, until next time, remember, the Force will be with you always. Thank you.